I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources in my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Welcome back, everyone. It is time to take a little tour to North Carolina, where the Republican National Convention is underway in Charlotte today. Uh, President Trump is uh, at the podium as we speak. They've been going through the roll call uh, vote. They haven't quite finished that all up yet, but the president was there. Uh, he is in and uh, speaking away, hitting a, a number of things. Uh, we were scheduled to have uh, Derek Brown, the uh, GOP party chair who is in North Carolina. He's actually in the room where the president is speaking and he can't get out. As you might imagine, security is a little bit tight when the president is in the room. Uh, so he is live texting us as we go through. Uh, I think what we'll do, let's step in real quick. Uh, the, again, President Trump is at the podium uh, talking to delegates as they go through the roll call vote uh, for his nomination for president. Thanks, made in Ohio. So we're going to create 10 million jobs. I think very easily in the first 10 months. That's not, they want to raise your taxes. You know, all my life I've heard as a politician, you like to lower taxes, right? This is the only election where somebody said, we're going to raise your taxes. They're going to raise your taxes, quadruple your taxes. They're going to add on to the regulations so that all of these projects that we got started that are great projects, they won't be able to get built. So they're going to raise your taxes. They're going to raise your regulations, make it impossible to build a highway. It used to take... 17 years, 18 years, 20 years, 21 years, long time in some cases, to get approval to build a highway, right? We have it down to two years now. We're going to have it down to one. And it may get rejected for environmental or safety reasons, but we're going to know it very quickly. We're not going to take 17 years. We could name highways. They took forever. End up costing 100 times more, and they're not as good. Some of them go in circles. I mean, to, to get to a point. They want to miss a certain nest. So let's spend... 37 million to miss. Look, we've got to. All right. That's uh, President Donald Trump speaking at the Republican National Convention. We'll dip in and out of this as as we go. Uh, getting a, a little play by play from Derek Brown. Again, he is the Utah Republican Party chair. He is in North Carolina. He's in the room with uh, President Trump right now as they go through the roll call vote. And uh, the president's been speaking uh, for a little bit now, almost uh, 35 minutes. And uh, the report from inside the room, uh, Chairman Brown says there's lots of energy. Uh, he's uh, the president is laying out his case really kind of one by one by one. Uh, and and really what the president seems to be asking uh, so far in this speech is to judge him by what he has done. Uh, and so that's, again, the incumbent. That's the, the job. That's the role. So he's articulating a lot of the things that uh, have been done in that last little bit. You heard him talking about regulation and infrastructure. 
uh, talking about how that needs to be streamlined and and uh, make it so that these uh, construction projects are not drawn out over decades, but uh, over a year or two, making sure the right things are done. Uh, he's also been talking a little bit about tariffs and uh, how uh, his administration has used them. And uh, now he's actually uh, talking a little bit about uh, school choice. Actually, Amber, can we jump back into the president? The historically black colleges and universities. I got that. I got them. I got them funded. They weren't funded. They were year to year. They didn't know if they were going to be around for another year. And they'd come in to the White House. And after three years, I said, why do you guys keep coming back? Well, it's a year to year deal. I said, that's not fair. So you have to come back every year. And we got them long-term financing and long-term funding. Nobody's done more for the historically black colleges and universities than Donald Trump. Nobody. Nobody's done more for the African-American community. No president has done as much as anybody since, I mean, since, and I say it, since Abraham Lincoln. It's true. It's true. Criminal justice reform, opportunity zones with Tim Scott of South Carolina. He's a great senator. He's a great gentleman. Tim Scott is fantastic. Opportunity zones. But think of it. Criminal justice reform, opportunity zones, the colleges and universities. What we've done has been amazing. But the most important thing is prior to the virus. Again, you're listening to uh, President Donald Trump uh, at the Republican National Convention in Charlotte, North Carolina today, uh, talking about school choice. Uh, he's talking about uh, some of the interesting work. Again, this is one that has not been covered in great detail. One of the things that he has done with the uh, traditional uh, historic black ch- colleges uh, many of them, of course, are funded on a year-to-year basis, and uh, he has has actually worked to extend that so that these uh, historic black college could have a little bit more of a runway and a better strategy and plan rather than just trying to go year-to-year-to-year year uh, in terms of their growth and development. He also talked uh, a bit there about criminal justice reform, uh, which is actually one that has a, an interesting Utah tie. Uh, Utah senior Senator Mike Lee is a big part of the criminal justice reform uh, movement back in, in Congress. And he and the, the president, along with Senator Tim Scott, who will be a featured keynote speaker tonight, uh, they will be talking about criminal justice reform to be sure. And uh, again, the president is touting some of the things that have been done and accomplished uh, during his administration thus far. He is beginning to make the case as to why uh, he should be elected for four more years. And uh, that's going to be the interesting debate as we continue to move along. Uh, Again, if you're just joining us, uh, we are uh, picking up uh, bits here and there. uh, Live coverage from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, the Republican National Convention. We do have Utah GOP Chairman Derek Brown in the room. Uh, where it's happening, and he is live texting with us. Uh, he was going to join us by phone, but uh, as many of you know, the uh, when the president comes into the room, the doors lock, and uh, security is very tight there in North Carolina, even though it's a much smaller uh, gathering than uh, we're used to, uh, very different from uh, what the uh, Democrats did last week in terms of an all-virtual roll call uh, and uh, no real gathering there in uh, Milwaukee where their convention was supposed to take place. So uh, the president's laying that out. Uh, Derek Brown has been uh, texting and just talking about the dynamics in the room that even though it's small and distanced and masked, uh, that uh, there is an excitement there and and people seem to be ready for the four days of the Republican convention. Uh, Just want to get a couple things in, just some things to watch uh, as you're going through the day. If you're going to watch any of the 
uh, speeches tonight. Uh, I do think the the speech of the night, the one to watch, if you have to choose one, would be Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina. Uh, he is a, a great speaker. Uh, I have seen him in a in a number of settings, and uh, he is a, a former Sunday school teacher and uh, pastor. Uh, so he has that uh, background, and uh, he can light it up. And it will be interesting to see if they let him do that. Uh, I would suggest they do. Uh, he can be very dynamic, very compelling, very inspiring. Uh, he, if they put him on a teleprompter in a uh, room all by himself, that's going to be a harder speech uh, for the very soft-spoken uh, Tim Scott. So he's one of those folks who uh, is very much an observer in the room, uh, is someone who's always just taking things in, doesn't speak a lot in those settings. But you hand him the microphone and say, give us the report or or tell us what we need to do. Uh, he can light it up in a hurry. So I would watch for uh, Senator Tim Scott tonight uh, as possibly the uh, the speech of the day, of the night, uh, so we can continue to, to monitor and watch that. Uh, as we know, the uh, the country, uh, we continue to be told that the country is just too divided. Well, we may have found the answer. Our good friend, uh, pollster Scott Rasmussen, uh, just concluded a, uh, a new poll over the weekend, and uh, he may have just found the one thing that unites all Americans. Over 90% of Americans actually agree on something. I didn't think that was actually possible. Uh, and you're going to want to find out what that is and why it matters, which is what we're going to talk about coming up here at 1135. You can also see Scott's uh, new piece, Is America Too Polarized? What More Than 90% of Americans Really Want Their Leaders to Do. You don't want to miss this. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 